Chapter 3 Faces in the Fog The door clicked behind the Hardys and the speaker whirled. He was a slight man with gray hair, pale skin, and small dark eyes. His brow was furrowed and a deep scowl. But in a flash, he assumed a gentle smile. Hello there. You startled me. I didn't hear you come in. His companion was a short, darkly tan, with almost white blonde hair. He gave a little laugh and nodded. Even Mr. French assumed a thin smile through his eyes. You saw worry and uncertainty. Sorry to interrupt, Frank said, but we've come for our costumes. You didn't interrupt anything, fellows, the man assured him. Just a little standing joke we have with uh, Mr. French. We've known him for years, but uh, every time we come into town... You won't go out for a good time with us, so we, uh, we get tough with them. Isn't that right, French? The store shopkeeper smiled weakly. Yes, of course that's right. Nervously, he fingered a small costume box on the counter in front of them. Then, to Frank and Joe's surprise, he added, They're, they're the, the famous detective's sons. Uh, the famous detective, Fenton Harney? Excuse me. I'll get their costumes. He hurried into the back room. Both strangers looked steadily at the boys for a few moments before the gray-haired man spoke up. I recollect that your father once is a imminent member of the New York City police force. That's right, Frank replied. And haven't you young lads received attention in the public eye for your own exploits? Frank and Joe looked uncomfortable at the flattery. Before they could answer, Mr. French returned with two cardboard boxes. He opened the one and took out a hairy-skinned gorilla costume. Its ferocious head was a rubber mask to fit over Frank's head. Going to a party, eh? Asked the man. Where are the uh, festivities held? He inquired. At a friend's house, Frank replied. Of course. The man gave a hard look. Then, taking the small costume box from the counter, he said, Well, uh, we wish you a pleasant evening, young gentleman. Uh, good night there, Mr. French. With a cheery wave of the hand, the gray-haired stranger went out the door, followed by his short companion. As they walked past the window, the Hardys looked them over carefully. Is my suit ready, too, Mr. French? Joe asked. After the men had passed out of sight, uh, uh, yes, the magician's outfit, here it is. The shopkeeper opened the other box and held up a rubber mask with a long nose. Sinister, slanty eyes, black mustache, and goatee. Joe looked at it for a moment with approval, then returned to the box. We'll bring back the costumes tomorrow, he promised, and the brothers left the shop. Something weird is going on in there. Frank said as they placed the boxes in the carriers of their motorcycles. I think the gray hair fellow was threatening Mr. French, Joe declared. Oh, friends, my foot. Did you notice how Mr. French tried to cover it up? Maybe he didn't dare do anything else, Frank suggested. He looks scared to me. You know, let's ask him tomorrow. He might be in some trouble. Okay, his brother agreed as they mounted onto the motorcycles. Minutes later, the two motorcycles swung into the hardy driveway. 
Say, I have an idea, Joe said as the boys left the garage together. Let's put our masks on and give Mother and Aunt Gertrude a surprise. Frank chuckled. The brothers pulled on the false faces over their heads and went to the front door. As Joe pressed the doorbell, chimes sounded. The boys thrusted their faces forward. After a pause, the door was opened by a tall, thin woman whose angular frame froze momentarily to stiff attention. Her mouth opened and closed twice. On the third try, her voice succeeded. You're repulsive! Go away! She cried and slammed the door. The brothers burst into laughter. Poor Aunt Gertrude, Frank said. It isn't often we can fool Dad's smart older sister. The door opened again, revealing a handsome man with a build of an athlete. What's going on? Then he began to laugh. Okay, you nuts, come in. Frank and Joe ripped off their masks and walked into the living room. You, Aunt Gertrude exclaimed. We're sorry, Auntie, Frank said. Joe and I didn't mean to scare you so badly. These are the masks that we're wearing for the masquerade party tonight. Mrs. Hardy, their slim, attractive mother, smiled. They're realistic. No wonder you were frightened, Gertrude. The family sat down to a delicious chicken dinner. Between mouthfuls, Frank and Joe told about the near collision on the bay and their conference with Chief Colling. It could be an important case. Mrs. Hardy said. Good luck, Mr. Hardy replied. But his sister had another idea. I don't like it in the least, she declared. You two boys among those rough necks in shantytown. Frank and Joe know how to handle themselves, Mrs. Hardy said. Don't worry. I'm warning you, Aunt Gertrude said to the boys. One of these days, something terrible will happen to you. Just remember, I told you so. Seeing the teasing twinkle in Joe's eye, Mrs. Hardy spoke up quickly before he could reply. Where's the big party tonight? Callie Shaw's, Joe answered. Frank can't wait to see her. Oh no, his father teased. And I suppose you, Joe, won't look for an Iola Morton as soon as you get there? The brothers grinned at the mention of the two girls that they liked best. Callie and Iola are giving the party together, Frank explained. That reminds me, Joe, we're supposed to pick up the ice cream. A short time later, as Frank and Joe stepped from the house, they noted the gray, laden sky overhead. Looks as if the fog bank has moved from the bay, Joe commented. It'll be thick downtown. After stowing their costumes in the carrier behind Frank's motorcycle, the two boys set off for the center of Bayport. White wisps of fog swirled in the glare of their headlights and almost blotted out traffic. Both riders slowed to a cautious pace. At last, the boys maneuvered to a stop in Milton Place, just off of Main Street. Through the fog and gathering dust, vague lights could be seen in the big brick building on the opposite corner. They're working overtime at the bank, Joe pointed out and grinned, counting the extra money they took during the evening hours. The brothers walked around the corner onto the main street, and they entered the soda shop. Minutes later, they emerged, each carrying two-gallon drum of ice cream packed in dry ice. Wow, that's cold, said Joe as they turned into the alley. Frank and Joe placed their cylinders in Joe's carrier, now for the party, 
Frank grinned. Suddenly, they heard a harsh grating noise. They looked down a narrow street to see a heavy side door swing open in the bank building. There was a clatter of footsteps on concrete, and four men hurried from inside, carrying white sacks. Their faces looked like those of hideous beasts. For an instant, the Hardys stood paralyzed with surprise until Frank cried out, It's a bank robbery! In a split second, the men dived into the whiting sedans. Its powerful engine roared as the getaway car moved down Milton Place through the mist. A bank custodian raced out and fired his revolver at one of the car's tires but missed. Let's tail him, Joe, cried Frank, leaping onto the motorcycle. 